You're listening to the Let's Talk Knicks podcast. Follow us on Instagram at let's underscore talk underscore Knicks or on Twitter at Let's Talk Knicks. Picking eight is... Oh! <laughs> <laughs> we have a double jump. That means that both Charlotte and Chicago have jumped into the top. Uh, well, that's all she wrote. Good night. <laughs>
we stink. This always happens to us. This is what was supposed to happen. You know, were were we really going to be the New Orleans Pelicans of last year with a 1% chance to land? I mean, like you said, Knicks fans, I think we're more nervous about getting that 10 spot at the at the 0.1% chance of that happening. So you stink. My expectations really were, we're probably getting a 7 or 8. Please don't be an eight or a nine. I'm like, come on, just give give me even a five, a four. I mean, it was for me, one or two were kind of a bust in a sense of just that. I, I felt the one and two pick were clear, um, but we can't be too surprised. But feelings wise, I'm a little bummed out. It still bummed me out when it happened. I was yeah, laughing. I, mean, I, think- I was having a good time because I knew <laughs> it was coming. But truth be told, I'm I'm a little bummed out. Yeah, I mean. I had my whiskey bottle with me. I took a swig after <laughs> the pick. I was just like, all right, there it is. Yeah. You know, and that's, and that's all she wrote. But yeah, looking at the numbers and you kept, we, we've had this argument. If you just look at the numbers, the odds were that we were going to land in that seven, eight, nine area. And right. yeah, that's what happened. But, and you, you, you yourself have been very, very upset from, the day the NBA went on pause yep. because the Knicks won a game against the Hawks. And if they hadn't won that game, it would have moved them, I guess, up to six is where the up Hawks the, Yeah, they would have been in Atlanta spot. Uh, yes, basically. Although the pessimism in me says even if they had landed there, <laughs> they would have probably ended up with 10. Right. They would have dropped, know, yeah, they the, dropped more spots. <laughs> the chain of events, you don't know. But, but that's what I'm saying, man. It's like where the Knicks finished put them in a position to get either into the top three, or they were probably going to land at six, seven, eight, nine, not, not likely 10 based on the odds. So I'm not surprised this happened. And I've been talking about this for a long time, but you finish six and four to end the season. You start winning close games. Like now you're hoping the Knicks are going to get better next year. So if anything, they're probably going to be in a similar position in the lottery where we're all praying to get in that top three and we still end up, with a seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven pick, and tank like you mean it, Nick. That that's all I'm saying, man. We everyone tries hard, and I, I think teams don't really tank, but maybe they kind of do. And Silver's trying to get rid of that with these new odds. But look at the odds and what happened. You had Golden State at number two. The worst teams pretty much got the best picks. I mean, Charlotte did move up a little bit, um, and that's going to happen with these new uh, lottery rules, but. Chicago moved up too, which is annoying. Yeah. So, so it's like two t- the two teams that were, you know, we were within what, two games? A game. Two or yeah, three it was games a game, two games. That's it was two games and a game. And they and they jump up to three, four, five, that's, whatever. Right? And that's what I'm saying. It's, I'm sorry, but get the Knicks in the locker room and management get in there and be like, yo, you guys need to lose these games, okay? We need to put <laughs> ourselves in the best position. And when you look at it, I agree. The Knicks have been very unlucky when it comes to the lottery throughout the years. They have only moved up once. They've either been since, even or have moved down from their spot, regardless of the rules. Since 1985. So, yeah. That's and the, it's, they have never moved up. And even when the Knicks got KP, we were all pissed that we moved down to that four spot. And last year, even though we were the only team of the bottom three to get in that top three spot, we still landed three. We didn't get Ja or Zion. So 
if you already know you have bad fortune, you gotta lose games, especially when the season is over. And that's what pissed me off is that towards the end of the year, you know, we're still playing guys like Wayne Ellington and then Mo Harkless comes in and Marcus Morris is getting how many minutes before they finally traded him. So it was just a weird thing where as a Knicks fan, I'm kind of like, get Trier some minutes, get Iggy some minutes, get Knox some minutes, even if they're not playing well. A, I want these guys to grow and develop and B, you're probably going to lose some games because as much as I like, I mean, I, I, sorry, I don't like Wayne Ellington. That's what bugged me the most that he's hitting threes when we don't need him to. And he's not, and but, I really don't think he's that good either, but you just but also tank like you I mean think, it, Knicks. You got to learn also, the art of tanking. You, have to, you, could, you could factor in that they didn't know the season was going to be done when they played that game. And there were probably a chunk of games going down the stretch that they probably would have done that. But it's, again, we don't know. We don't know what could have been. And, but even and, last year, even last year, when we those those seasons where we were the worst teams, like with the bottom two teams in the league, it still didn't happen. So sure, it's we don't like. I'm, do they lose? Do they not lose? <laughs> Either way you put it, they're not gonna they're not gonna move right. up. But what what's nice about the draft rules always is that when you finish a certain spot, you can only move down so much. So it limits the the chances of the Knicks continuing to move down. And when I look at this draft and the, the, the more I look at it now, you know, at first I was kind of like, Oh, the eighth spot doesn't really matter. Whatever. But starting to look at some of the talent coming into the draft and paying, I, I want to do some more research here, you know, cause the Knicks have, Knicks have some late round picks too, but the eighth spot, man, it's going to come down to who falls there. And it's always, I feel like in drafts, it's like the top five, you got some nice picks. Maybe someone makes a mistake. But after that, it's always like in the, the teens where you get those sneaky picks. That's where like the Donovan Mitchells come in or the Giannis went at 15. Like guys that are just, you're kind of sleeping on. Eight's a weird spot. Knicks have had the eight pick before. A lot of role player type guys. There, to me, there's no guy at eight that's going to have any kind of immediate impact. We got to go to the doctor, Frank. <laughs> so, I said we got to go to the doctor. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we we took Frank, I believe, at eight. I think uh, Jordan Hill might have been a nine pick. Jordan uh, Hill was eight. eight. Uh, Channing Fry. Channing Fry was the other eight, and then somebody in, like, 1975. You know, and Danilo was close. I think – I want to say he was, like, a six pick. He was six. Yeah. yeah so it just – and when I'm looking at the players right now of who's going to fall to eight, I mean, as I said, I, I always thought Anthony Edwards and LaMelo Ball would be the top two. I actually think Golden State, you know, you've kind of talked about this too. I don't think they're actually going to take LaMelo Ball. I think a guy, check out Obi Toppin. That dude, he's he's 20, he'll be 23 um, going into next season. And to me, he fits like that Iguodala Mode, Aguadilla, Jesus. Um, <laughs> you know, so that's a guy that you could plug in right away um, and would fit the team well if they want to take another chance at a at a championship uh, type run, which I think they will. So, but either way, none of these guys I feel like are going to drop to eight. So, as I said, I'm a little bummed out about it. I mean, how are you feeling? Because here's the other thing too, man. What was it? Minutes after the Knicks got the eighth pick? Oh, Knicks are going to trade up. Knicks are going to make a trade. We're moving up. We're getting this guy. We're And if I get one more text about what if we gave up our pick and Randall for the two pick, 
I'm just like, dude, what on what planet does anyone want like, who's Julia, a one year deal, Julius Randle? Like, I, That's I, just I keep jokingly putting out those Randle deals, but <laughs> yeah. it's like nobody's gonna take him. I mean, yeah. maybe because he's on, he'll be on uh, an expiring contract at like at, during this year. Maybe sure. you can get him in a trade, but. Or maybe he turns out, maybe with this staff that the Knicks are putting around him, he turns out to be a better player than we thought he was going to be. But yeah, he could be. I also I, see. I also could see Golden State taking James Weissman because sure. they've always that's always been their position is that center position that they don't have anybody, and when you have a younger, athletic guy that. You know, he doesn't have to play in the post. He can, as long as he can shoot and stretch the floor, that's the kind of guy that they need is they also just need some size down there because that's how they get pushed around from time to time. Sure. But that's, so I could see, I could see them going that route. And I think those are still the top three. Edwards, Ball, and Weissman are going to be the top three picks taken. And then, yeah, after that, without seeing the tournament, we had like they didn't finish their seasons. It's all kind of up in the air of who's going to go because you you've mentioned before. It's like during the tournament, you always see like the media will start to skew towards one guy, and you're like, okay, that's the guy yeah. that's going to go number one. This is going to be the top three, four guys that are going to go, and he generally goes uh, to form when the actual draft happens. And then after that, but now it's like anybody could really fall to to eight that you thought could have fell to five. So. See, I gone at five, and it's who knows, you know. I don't know. I personally don't agree. See, that's where having the eighth spot I don't like because I don't think that's the case for the eighth spot. I think, sure, you got Anthony Edwards. I think for sure is going number one. Lamelo is going to go before eight. James Weissman's going to go before eight. Obi Toppin's going to go before eight. This guy uh, Onyeka out of uh, USC, I think, is going to go before eight. So, and those are. Back and then you're left with all these Israel? these guards, these guards out of Israel, the Killian out of out of France, um, Cole Anthony. You know, people are still talking about the Knicks should take an eight. I mean, some people have Cole Anthony dropping to like. I mean, I'm looking at some some mock drafts where Cole Anthony drops to 21. You know that, that and that's the disparity. So after, in a perfect world, yeah. But like you said, you you don't. The Knicks aren't really choosing at eight, I feel like. I feel like the draft is choosing for the Knicks potentially at eight, unless they go with the guy where you're like, oh, oh shit, I, I didn't see that coming, which <laughs> kind of I got a feeling that's probably where we're going to end up. Um, Could happen, yeah. It's it's and so up in the air. It's so up in the I th- air. I think also that, you know, they put – they put a lot of people on staff recently that are known for making good draft and scouting uh, decisions. And <laughs> granted they taking like two guys from Utah yeah. and they can make that, they can make sure. claims that like, Oh, we picked Donovan Mitchell and we picked Rudy Gobert, you know, and they've set all the, and, Gordon Hayward and whoever, and they've set all these guys up for success in the league. So it's like, okay, what can you do now? Leon, you put these guys in place. Yep. What are you going to do? And I'm interested to see who they start looking at when it gets closer to the draft. Like who is coming out of 
these meetings, they're like, oh, the Knicks are leaning towards this guy, they're leaning towards this guy. I'm curious to see where it all lands because, again, I think it's more best available. We need people at every position. Yep. I would say more more guards than big men, but, you know, if we need a two, three, four, pick one. Who's, who's there, you know? And yeah. I'm, it's generally your your feeling, I think, that later in the draft is when you pick those. That's when you start looking at a guard. I think if there's better big men available early on, you take that's when you take him. But then we also have the 26th pick. Is that right? 27th. 27th. So that's, pick. yeah, the Clippers pick. And then another early round, second round pick, I think. So... Correct. You know, we have 38th pick. Yep. In the second round, we have two first round picks. What can we do with them? I think you get, I think we get somebody. One of the two I think is going to hit, but again, we don't know. We've seen these eighth picks show up before and not do much. So, (laughs) yeah. And you know, it's one of those things that I think the Knicks will be open to trades um, in the draft. I actually think the Knicks, if anything, instead of moving up, might even move down if they decide to make a trade where they can get more first rounders. You know, do you make Boston as the 14th and the 30th pick? Does Bo- does New York switch with Boston, give them the eighth pick and move down to 14 and grab the 30th and a future or, or something like, you know, you talk about the the scouts on this team and that's what they're known for. So I think they might even be more inclined because now they've dropped down to eighth to potentially acquire more picks and try to develop talent. That could be something, but all in all, I I just keep hearing things. Oh, Knicks are going to trade up to two golden state doesn't need their pick or they can move up to, you know, whatever it is. And I, I just, I don't really see that happen. If the, if these guys like know their stuff with scouts, like uh, with the players rather, like they'll, they'll hang tight. They'll pick a guy that they think they can get good value with at eight unless they, you know, anything could happen. But I think this big blockbuster, like we're going to move up and get Edwards or move up and get LaMelo, I don't think is happening. I, I think there's almost a 0% chance of that. And the thing with and that, they shouldn't. and, I, and they could, shouldn't. I could see in a, a world where Golden State does trade that pick because I think they're still in a win now mode when they get right. all their guys back. They don't want to develop anybody they're going to make a trade for somebody who can help them right now. The Knicks don't have anybody that they could give them. Exactly. Like Julius Randle is not they're, going to help them. I mean, maybe, I don't know. But they're better they don't, They're better off drafting LaMelo Ball or James Weissman, who are guys that can play right now and help them win. Or And uh, Obi, uh, Obi's the other guy, because he's 23 years old. And he's and pretty damn good if you watch the highlights. I think, you know... Minnesota's known for not making the best drafting decisions yep. unless they have it in their lap like they did with Carl Anthony Towns. And they'll have it again now. It's just like, which one do they want to go with? And yeah, I think I think we're probably going to be best just staying packed at eight and to see what happens. You know, when we, yeah. when we had nine with Knox, you know, there were a lot of names floating around in that in that area when it got to the ninth pick. I mean, yes, you know, uh, Michael Porter Jr. was the name that was floating around that entire draft. Like, who's going to take him? And 
there were a couple of guys that were just kind of, you know, uh, Bridges was hanging around there, yep. both Bridges, and who's actually play, apparently playing pretty well now. But it's, you know, you never know who could fall to that eighth spot and be available there that could make an impact yep. next year or and, the year after. So, And I'm, I'm in agreement with you of just like, you got to look at best available. The Knicks have so many needs and I... I know how much they need a ball facilitator slash point guard slash guard. who's going to run this offense. I still believe that Alfred Payton can do that when healthy, the next play much better. So you're rebuilding this team. That does not mean that you need to take that guy at the eighth spot and reach for that. There could be more value later on uh, a good, you know, small forward, power forward there. You got to just go for talent. Um, I, I think we'll maybe do, before we get to the draft, we'll do an episode where we dive in a little deeper with the players because I've already been watching. And there's some players that I like. Um, it's just right now. The immediate now, like, talk now is, uh, I don't know, I, I'm, I'm surprised that it came out so fast. But like you said, like as soon as the pick comes, everyone's like, oh, well, the Knicks are liking this person. They might do this move. They might do this move. Is the kid from Florida State yeah. is the is the name that's popping up everywhere. And I did watch some highlights on him. Devin, I'm like, Devin, okay. Yeah. A three and D guy. I like that. He's, right. you know, a sophomore. So he's a little bit more mature. His body still needs to grow on, but I'm like, okay. Yeah. Interesting. I, I personally am not crazy about a pick like that. A six, seven, you know, 200 pounder. I just, I, I feel like we're, we're drafting a lot of that position. I'd like a little guy with a little more toughness. Um, <laughs> I mean, we do got to spread the floor. Not crazy about that pick. Um, and also with a sophomore, you know, how much. You got to go to the doctor, Frank. I don't know. <laughs> it's still early, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not that as crazy um, about that pick, but yeah. But I, that's, it, I mean, there really hasn't been. That was really the only guy that came up in uh, Isaac Okoro. Um, and hearing some stuff about too, um, a guy who could potentially drop to eight. Um, Tyrese Halliburton. I don't know if he's going to drop to eight, but he was. Uh, you know, I had, I had some interest in that guy. Really, uh, he's long. Kind of reminds me of like a, a, a Sean Marion, but who can like, you know, run the uh, point a, a little bit. A normal shooting form. Yeah, he's got <laughs> man long arms. Man, love that. Love long arms. Can't can't teach that. Can't teach that. Big <laughs> Frank there, man. Just getting those passing lanes. Um, there really, uh, yeah, there really wasn't much else on the on the Knicks rumor. I mean, I've heard a little bit of everything. It depends where you look, but I mean, but also to speaking of where they might move in the draft, like the only other real conversation that's been coming up has been oddly this talk about Perry going back to Sacramento. Oh, and yeah. in order to get that. him back there, the Knicks would look to get draft picks for him, which I'm like, I don't even know why this is coming up. And you made a good point that it's like, and maybe Perry knew that this is going to happen. And that's why he only signed a one year deal with them. Yep. But that was my first thought. It's uh, it's still kind of strange. And I don't, I mean, I don't know what's yeah. going to happen, but that's, yeah, that's really the only the only other news that's been floating around. And I think in, in other news, the playoffs have been in full swing. 
Yes. Um, yes, they have. We had uh, we had a we had a heated discussion last last week, <laughs> and <laughs> I mean sure we did. could we could we could we could scoop back around to that again, but um, mainly being the Portland Trailblazers and the Lakers series, and we could discuss a little bit of just like what we've what we've noticed throughout these playoffs so far. But I think that's the that's the big series everybody's been looking yeah. at. Let's and, let's let's go know. ahead and, and touch on that uh, real quick I mean, before we get into the the bubble. Uh, I was nervous after game one, uh, <laughs> and and not really nervous, just because I, I wanted to see how the Lakers would react to that game. They couldn't sh- they couldn't hit a shot. They they couldn't have played any worse. Like they were doing all the right things. LeBron's stat line of that first game was like ridiculous. Dame's hitting everything pretty much carried the team. As you said, that Dame could carry this team and give the Lakers a run for their money. They did that game one game two and three has been how I thought it would go. So two out of the three games, I feel like I've been right. And one out of the, t- the three, you've been right. So that's why they play a seven game series. And yeah, I mean, I, I didn't I momentum. I mean, it's for me, it's over. It, it couldn't port. I don't see Portland even winning another game. I think the jitters this is the first time that this Lakers team has gotten there. They're in the bubble. First time playoff game. I LeBron's figured it out um, because really all you have to worry about is Dame. You know, Melo had a nice third quarter last night. Congrats. <laughs> other than that i just and yeah, I, I you know i didn't want to say anything i wasn't going to say anything after game one because i was like okay it's game one that's and i said it that's when you could get one yeah, of these teams it's o- is in that first orlando game. did it with milwaukee too same thing. and you know everything that i said portland needed to do is what they did in that first game and then you know they kept it close, I guess, in game yeah. three, but also they lost, they lost, Portland lost the guy, Dame's fingers crooked. So, you know, it's definitely not in their favor to win more. I don't know that they will. I'd be happy. And I, again, I didn't say that they were going to win the series. I just said it'd be interesting, but I think, I, I, I think I might agree that they probably don't win another game. It well, the may, problem maybe... is the Lakers are scoring now. Like, when they had a game where they almost missed like every shot, it's just like the ball and LeBron was feeding Anthony Davis. Like, I, I think they were trying to figure out what are we going to do to beat this team? And like Dame was coming down the floor, just hitting shots every time. It was like, okay, we're, we're going to lose this game. We haven't figured it out. And the second they, game was yeah. like, Oh, if we do this, we'll, we'll crush them. Even when they have, you know, this last game, they didn't even play that bad. Um, and you know, still they won by eight points only, but I just think the Lakers are too much. Anthony Davis is, he is so good, man. Like, and I was a little hard on him in, in New Orleans and I probably shouldn't have been because even the leaps that he's taken and now he gets to play with LeBron. Um, I am really impressed with Anthony Davis and I'm, I'm actually feeling pretty damn good about my Lakers pick. Um, after game one, I wasn't. I was getting a little nervous, but I, I'm which, feeling uh, pretty good. Which takes us to the other. I think the other highlight series is Dallas and the Clippers, and sure. that's the one I've been keeping my my eye on the most. And they're they play today. Is it two one? 
It's two one uh, Clippers, yeah. That and the Lucas Clippers hurt. Are up. It's and over. Lucas hurt. Uh, I don't think that. Yeah, I don't think that it's gonna but, go much. I don't know yeah. if he's gonna play today. He tried. He said it's not that bad, but I doubt that he plays meaningful minutes. Yeah, maybe he plays early just to see. Um, or KP decides it's his team now and he's got to put them on his back. I don't know that he can do that, but it's interesting only because the Clippers, man, everyone is talking about like Paul George just falls apart in the playoffs. Like, yo, hit a shot, man. Like Kawhi's yeah, playing very Kawhi's going to do as much as he can, but it's like, yo, we're feeding you, giving you good looks. Hit a shot. Like what is, was it? Was it, uh, was it Chuck? I was like, they can't call you playoff P if you stink in the playoffs. Yeah, he's like, like what are they call me, me championship Chuck. Championship Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, you know, and like Clippers are still up to one. Honestly, as much as I enjoy, <laughs> as much as I enjoy watching the Clippers versus the Mavericks, to me that was never going to be a series. I like the Mavericks for the future, but right now it's Luca. And the Knicks. That 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 is who they are. So they're not they're not going to threaten the the Clippers even without uh, Paul George playing well. Because you could take Paul George out of the lineup, send them home, put them in quarantine for a couple weeks. Clippers <laughs> are still going to win that series, uh, in my eyes. Their their team is too deep. They're well coached. Uh, the veteran leadership on that team. As much as again, Dallas is fun to watch. They talk about teams that don't play defense. Dallas is uh, is right there with Portland and just like yikes. Um, and they don't and they don't even have Pat Beverly's not playing. Like he's got a right. I think a quad or a calf injury. So, but again, that just speaks to how deep yeah. the Clippers are. That they could. They, I don't think they were ever worried about this series. No. That they could rest guy, like, Pat Beverly probably could play if he wanted to, but it's like, eh, let's, Listen, let's see d- how far we can get. I think, and that's the thing. Once you get past that sixth seed, I think when you go into the seven, eight and lower seeds, there's a drop off in the Western conference. As far as talent, Portland, Dallas got in and, you know, as fun as they are to watch, as I said, they, they just don't play defense at all. So to me, get them out of here. They never had a chance for me, actually, before we even go to the East, I'll quickly just say with Denver, Utah, we kind of joke about this. Like you, sometimes you're watching the games and you're just like, wait, which team is Denver and which team is Utah? Like, oh, right. Like they should just form one super team and just be, and they'd probably finish with the same record. Like they wouldn't even be that much better. The two whitest teams in the NBA. (laughs) Yeah. Like Utah and Colorado. It's like, all right. I'll tell you though, (laughs) as far as the matchups, that's probably the most evenly matched series of any of the series going on right now, East and West, and really fun to watch, man. Watching Jamal Murray uh, go up against Donovan Mitchell has been so much fun. Uh, the Joker, he's a fun guy to watch play, man. I, I love that guy's game. It's it's weird. The, the new the new <laughs> Slim Reaper out there. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, uh, Denver is down 2-1. Utah's up. Okay, Gobert plays for Utah Right, and Donovan <laughs> Mitchell, yeah. So that I mean, I I could see. I hope that series goes to seven games because I'm still sorting I mean, yeah, out who's U- on Utah what team. Walloped them last game, so there's yeah. been a lot of lopsided games the last uh, couple nights. But I think yeah, I think uh, Denver comes out a little. They come out with a little bit of fire this game. I think they they play later today. Yeah, and 
then you have the the four five matchup with Houston and OKC, and this this series for me is the one that has stood out to me the most and the biggest surprise because all the questions of okay, how is Houston going to play um, without Russell Westbrook and the fact that OKC has been very good during the regular season and no one gave them even a chance. Um, but when you look at that team, man. They're deep. They're young. They got a veteran in Chris Paul leading that team with Danilo Gallinari, Steven Adams. I like OKC a lot. And right now, Houston should be up 3-0. They OKC snuck away with that game three. And I got to tell you, man, people might give me a lot of hate for this. James Harden, he might be my league MVP. He should have won it over Giannis. And I, I, man, I probably have to give it to LeBron this year if it was up to me. I, I personally take Giannis out of the running. As much as I like the Bucks to go to the finals, and I like Giannis, I think he still needs to learn how to shoot. And shoot also, ball, refs got to start calling travels on Giannis. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that maybe a little <laughs> later. But overall, player and what they mean to their team and what kind of season they're having. Once again. James Harden does get a lot of foul calls. And I think part of it is no one knows how to guard him. Part of it is the refs got to do a little bit better. I think they give him probably one or two calls a game that are like, come, come on, refs. He's a, he's a little out of control. Don't reward him for being out of control. But Harden is like the bubble master, dude. This is perfect for him. Draining threes. I, th- I think the Rockets took like 55 threes uh, the other game and set an NBA record. But it works, man. And Dan Tony's team secretly play a little bit of defense, man. They're not, they're actually out there. They're really undersized with this new squad, but they body up. Dan Tony has always coached good teams. And like when you have arguably the best player in the NBA in James Harden, um, I, I've been really impressed. And watch out for the Rockets in the bubble, man. I'm just saying. Quack, watch quack, out. Quack, 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 Mr. Duxworth. You want to talk about. A dark horse to win the West. The Houston Rockets. Watch out. Houston has always been, they're always that team that you, you know, you assume they're going to get at least into the second round. And then the thing, the only thing with them is, yeah, they put up 55 threes, but there's always going to be that one game where they just can't hit one. And it's going to be in the most crucial game. So, they, I mean, they should have beaten Golden State a couple years ago. Yep. But when they miss, they miss what, like 15 in a row yeah. or some crazy number like that. And they lost. They lost that game seven. And it's. I'd like to see them go far. I would love to see Russ in the finals and get and oh, uh, get a title. And I you know, agree. like you said, D'Antoni is, with the exception of the Knicks and the Lakers, like he's coached really good teams. Like he's had his players yeah. in positions. Wow. He's had the right guys. Yeah. And when he <laughs> came to Houston fit like a glove and it's like okay just let james harden do whatever he wants and you have those little pieces here and there that you add in and i think yeah i mean i wouldn't be surprised if they do i think what would second round be is that uh they would play they would play winner of they would play the lakers and uh, you know just if they gotta outshoot them they can do that that's that's their style and i'd like to see it i'd be okay with that with that uh with that dark horse pick. Um, it's it's a tough road 
uh, for them. I mean, it's tough for anyone in the West, but I'm I'm just I don't know. And the question and, is always and, can. Th- that's the thing with the Lakers. The and the, like, can, can Harden keep it up? And he, of course, he does. Yes, he I mean, can. He does it every year. So. Every year. I mean, the guy, dude. I said a lot of people like to hate James Harden. Oh, he gets all the foul calls. And he's always at the free throw line. But part of it is, man, his handle and his first step and that dr- that step back three. He is really hard to guard, and so you end up fouling him. And that lefty effect. It's just it's programmed in your mind when you play defense that you're always playing a righty and just that split second your brain it's hard guarding lefties are just hard it, it's it's so unexplainable Unless even you're when you Julius watch Julius Randle because you know he's gonna spin back yeah well <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm just saying watch out it's a way for me to hedge my bet that even if they don't make it through <laughs> I can just say hey they put up a good effort. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, other than that, I, you know, when it comes to the East, Miami, Indiana, I mean, Miami's just been pretty dominant, and I don't think anyone, I, I would have hoped Indiana would have made it a little bit uh, more of a series, but maybe we're sleeping on Miami a little bit. Do you think, do you think that's, people just aren't talking about the, them? And they, they are I kind of built for some were, playoff basketball. They were talking about them before the season uh, paused, and you know that was that would have been my dark horse pick as much as I hate to do it. It was they they were playing really really well, and yeah. you know that you know they're going to be coached well. They have the right guys around to get some wins, and they play hard. Jimmy Butler, you know, is going to keep them in games, and if they have to play like uh, who would they play Milwaukee. second round? Is that Bo- Milwaukee? Yeah. They could be the, they could be a team that could lock him up. I mean, I think we I think we've seen without Giannis on the floor. We've said this all the time. Yeah, you know? those other guys got to play out of their minds to to win a seven game series against a better team than Orlando. Sure. And I think Houston. I mean, not Houston. <laughs> Miami is going to know how to match up against them. And I think, yeah, they, for them to come out of the, maybe not come out of the East, but Eastern Conference Finals, I could see it. Yep, I, I, I could see that series. You know, I think the Bucks will ultimately, I think, go to the finals. I'd be more worried about the Conference Finals, who comes out of that. Uh, Miami, though, yeah, it, that would be a great, a great matchup. I, I'd love to, love to watch it. Milwaukee is funny. They had a a similar scare being that one seed uh, like the Lakers with, with Portland um, Orlando played out of their mind that first game and Milwaukee played really bad. It was like the perfect storm. And I think there's a lot of pressure on Milwaukee. Um, so, you know, after that first game, I honestly wasn't too worried. They've had two big wins since then. I think Milwaukee should win the next two games and win it four one Miami. I'd like to see Indiana steal one. I, I hope they do. I think they will. Uh, I mean, there there are two most hated teams going against each other to try to root for them. But and, you know, jumping ahead a little bit, Boston, Philly. I don't. Maybe you thought Philly had a little bit of a chance, but without Ben Simmons, I mean, I didn't think so. Toronto, Brooklyn, Brooklyn. Get get at it. We're not even going to talk about you, Brooklyn. <laughs> I don't even. Want, yeah, I'm not yeah. even going to say anything. So, we, we we know we know where that's going. And I'm I'm actually concerned. I wouldn't say concerned, but intrigued at what is happening in this Boston Philly series, because I think 
this spells the end of something for Philly. Like they're going to blow up that team if they get knocked out, if they get swept in the first round. See, I, I think a lot of changes. Uh, I think changes in the front office are going to be made. I don't know that so they. My only, my thing with that is though, how is that fair when your best player isn't playing and you're going up against a really good Boston team? Like who actually thought, and Philly put up a good fight, you know, last game and they, you know, fell apart at the end. But at the end of the day, it's Joel Embiid versus the Boston Celtics. And a little bit of Tobias Harris has played well. Like, without your best player in Ben Simmons, how do you even blame the front office? How do you blame the players? Well, like, that's the thing. And I've talked to a couple of Philly fans around here. And they're like, Brett Brown has gotten the most slack of any coach in the NBA. There's always something that happens that makes them say, well, he didn't have this guy, or he didn't have he's this like guy. The Let's Jason give him another Garrett. shot. He's like the Jason Garrett of Yeah, yeah that's a perfect teams. example. Yeah. And they they're like, they gotta just get a new coach. Like that's that's what I think is the biggest move that's gonna happen is eventually they're gonna have to cut him loose because you can only give this guy so many chances, and there's always a reason to sure. say, well, it wasn't his fault. But you know, in any other like New York, he would have been gone a long time ago, but it's it's coming to the point where I think they do they do make that big decision on whether or not either and I think they probably keep Brett Brown. I feel like a lot of guys are telling me they'd rather trade players than get rid of the coach, which is crazy. Hmm. But there's a lot of talk that you either pick Embiid or you pick Simmons. Like which one are you gonna go with? I you know, I don't and I don't even understand. And I don't know why you think you have to do that, but that conversation keeps coming up. Yeah. They, I mean, that's the thing too. They, they just got to decide. I mean, personally, I think let Simmons come back and you take another shot at it next year. I, I think you've never, we've never really gotten to see Philly like go for it and have their full team be like, okay, this is the year. I just, I, I mean, they but, did it last year. They but, lost on a freak. Uh, right. And, and that's the thing. Up. It's like last year was so freaking close and like, that shot doesn't go in. They go to overtime. I mean, they win that series. They're probably, there's a good chance they're going to go to the finals. They were a really good team. And Ben Simmons is a, a year older, a year better. They're still pretty young. So I, I really don't understand again, why you blow that's it up. The thing, that's the thing with that is you always wonder what if, because something inevitably happens with this team and you keep yeah. giving the coach more stuff because you're like, oh, there was an injury, not his fault. Kawhi hits a crazy shot, but he got him there. Not his fault. You know, it's... Which I, I, I kind of agree with that. I'm not going to blame the coach that you took the world champs to a game seven last second shot. I mean, one of the most now like famous moments in NBA history of Kawhi fade and oh man, off the rim. Like if I'm a Philly fan, like, oh God, I can't imagine. <laughs> uh, you know, it's <laughs> so... Yeah, I mean, it's tough and... Again, I'm not like a Philly lover or anything like that, but I just want... If you're going to make a move, I would say try get a new coach. If you have a new coach that you're, you're interested in and you think might be able to give them a little bit of a boost, I think you keep the same squad going into next year. Um, keep it Because you always see, you see it throughout the season is that they butt heads with the coach a lot. And, you know, of like how they want to play... And Bede knows, like, he's like, I know where I should be playing. I know where I want to be playing, where I'm most effective, yeah. where Simmons is most effective. So I feel like it's a lot of clashing with the coaching staff. So 
people always want the best out of Philly and they think that their potential is probably the highest of any other team in the East. Sure. But something keeps happening where it doesn't work. And that's not to say like there's, there's talks. I'm not going to say it's legitimate rumor, but talk <laughs> of, you know, what if Embiid wants to leave and comes to the Knicks? Would you want? No, him absolutely not. I don't think, and I think every Nick fan, we have a young Mitchell Robinson. We like as a center, um, could you theoretically run him and Embiid? I mean, I guess you actually could. It could work because Embiid. Thing is, you're not stretching the floor. I mean, Embiid's a great player. Like, I'm trying to talk myself into it here, but <laughs> a guy who's had injuries in the past. I don't want to spend all that money in a rebuild. We we don't have the other pieces ready to win now. We're not in a win now mentality. So no, I I can't see. Any situation where that happens, that to me seems like a Knicks of old type of move. Yep. I don't even want to talk about it. I don't. Let's let's not even go there right now. Uh, I don't want you it. stink. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even want it. Uh, the only other thing I wanted to to bring up, Toronto. I don't really want to touch on. They've looked great. Brooklyn looks like they stink. We all knew that. I want to just say one thing about Boston here. Boston fans, I think, call me crazy, and I'm probably going to be wrong. I'm going to make a bold prediction. I think Boston is going to beat Toronto handedly. I think Boston is a better team without Gordon Hayward. I think Gordon Hayward slows down the game and what he... Yes, stats, he'll he'll put it up there. I, I think they work him into the system, but when I got Kemba... And I got Brown and Marcus Smart and the rest of this young team running, gunning up the floor, playing to their strengths, team ball. I don't know. Gordon Hayward just kind of, he's a good player, but I like him out of there. I like the way Boston plays without him. I think. And I think, I mean, absolutely. I think. I'm not, I'm not that interested. You saw a lot of it. Throughout the season, because you know he's a year removed from injury, they weren't going to play him a lot, so you know they were doing a lot better. I think the numbers prove that they were a better team when he wasn't on the floor. Like he was still struggling a lot, and what does he really give you? Like he could score some points, but they play faster and more efficiently when he's not on the floor. And their lineup of Kemba, Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum. Brown and uh, God, whatever his name is at center, uh, whatever. What? Well, uh, yeah, they're uh, they're they're center. Okay, that's just Cantor. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean they can right and uh, offensively, that starting five to me, I like it. They're quick. They're young. They're athletic. Now I also know. Tatum, I mean, between Kemba and Tatum, having a guy who could get the ball in their hands and get you a bucket, and Brown, I don't need another guy. I mean, that's almost the problem with Boston of, like, all the guys can have the ball at the end of the game, and you're kind of fighting between it. Like, I, Gordon's just another guy on the floor now. And, like, maybe, to me, he always posed a little bit more of a problem um, not letting these other young guys shine. I'm... I like Boston. I am more confident now in Boston beating Toronto than I was before. I mean, though that that was my original pick was Boston to come out of the West, but 
I don't know. I still think out of the east. Out of the east. Yeah, and I'm actually. Um, I think you're going to regret um, that pick because I think we're going to be looking at Bucks versus the Celtics. It's going to be. I think Boston Toronto is going to be a tight series. I don't know. I still think. I still think Toronto wins that series, and uh, yeah, yeah. I I think I'm not going to flip flop. I'm gonna roll with it. No, you can't. Gonna, oh, oh, it's locked in right now. It's, it's already locked in. I'm not. Gonna change. I'm not gonna change. I'm gonna talk myself into into Toronto winning. But so I, I think that was gonna be my next question. So overall, are, are you still as of today? I had picked Lakers versus Bucks. You took Clippers versus Raptors uh, in the finals. Are you still, still like it. confident in your picks? Yes. Okay. Hundred percent. Still, 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 still feel good. Um, you know, and I, I as well I think that. I uh, I think the next rounds will be interesting, and we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, there's really, you know, the play. That's the thing with the NBA, man. Like after game one, all the big stories come out, and like, oh my god, yeah, Portland with the upset, Orlando with the upset. You know, Miami technically was an upset with the first game, but like, you just you let it play out. This is why NBA seven game series is because this is why you play the game. Yeah. It's just, it's going to play out the way you thought it was the NBA. There's usually not that many big surprises. So um, yeah, here we are. I mean, it's been great. I love the one o'clock starts NBA basketball. I, I got to tell you too. I love the bubble, man. I love it's like it, it reminds me of like NCAA tournament style basketball where there's games on all day. It's fun. This whole idea of Silver wanting to do a, a tournament in the middle of the year. I mean, midseason, how great would it be? All the players go down to Orlando and play in a bubble for a month. And it's 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 playoff basketball tournament for playing games or whatever it is. I don't know what. I, Silver mix things up, man. I love this stuff. This is why we watch NBA basketball, not because of the Eastern Conference, Western Conference, divisions. Oh, well, you got to keep it seven games. It's like, no, we, we watch this because we love to watch basketball and we love these players. Um, it That's what it's about. It's all about the game, man. For the love of the game. Come on. <laughs> Fire it up. Oh. I just, I love it, man. Silver wasting no time with the bubble. All the bubble haters out there. Not going to work. Virtual fans are still kind of weird. <laughs> it's, you want to get you? Want, should we? We should do a game, do a cast from the uh, from the crowd. <laughs> yeah, we might have to just like man. see your face bopping around in the corner there. Um, oh man. Well, that's enough basketball for me. Um, you got anything else you want to you want to share? You always got something on your mind. Uh, nothing. No, not yeah, really. let's let's close it out all basketball. We don't we don't have to talk right. nothing else. We'll we'll be back. <laughs> Um, we got some episode ideas moving forward, but let, let's just end it on that note. Nick's with the eighth pick. What are you going to do? <laughs> what, what, what are you going to do? All right. This has been episode 44 of the let's talk Nick's podcast. You could follow me at Jason Talbot on Twitter. You could follow Marcus at M chin or follow the podcast at let's talk Nick's. You can follow us on Instagram at let's underscore talk underscore Nick's episode 44 in the books. We will talk to you next time.